You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. You really have to understand that work and, and friendship in some cases must be two completely separate things. And in this case, band and work are two different things. Okay, so right now I am the producer of the band. You have to listen to me. I have to listen to you, but you have to trust me. Because I, I see this music in a way that I don't want to say you can't, but I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm thinking in my mind because I did some stuff, you know. So please trust me. And I'm really happy about how Wound turned out because I have to say that the guys really trusted me. So I'm really happy. Yeah. And the snare sample stayed the same in the end. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. I hope you've been having a killer week. I most certainly did. I'm super stoked that for today's Artist Spotlight, I'm shining some light on Tear Myself. Tear Myself is a three-piece extreme band that formed back in 2018 in Connecticut. They just dropped their second album, Where Life Withers. Get ready, everyone. This is Souls seller. That was sick. That was Tear Myself's Soul Seller. This track was taken from their second album, Where Life Withers, which dropped back in August 2022. They are currently working on new material right now, and they're going to start playing some gigs. I have put the link to their website in the description of this podcast. You should go check them out. Support them. Tear Myself. Fucking right. Thank you so much for being a part of Vox and Hops' Artist Spotlight. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that is just a huge metalhead, well, you should absolutely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing craft beers. If you would encourage one of your metalhead friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Jay Double Rice of Despite Exile. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 405. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Jay Double Rice of Despite Exile. Jay, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very stoked to be with you. Uh, we are having this conversation because we were introduced by someone that's very cool, someone that's important to me, uh, Vox and Hops' metal architect, Jerry Monk. Massive shout out to you, my friend, for introducing me to Jay, to introducing me actually to Despite Exile, too, because... I got figured out who you guys were because of his review that he did for the review crew. And I've been listening to Wound, which came out December 2nd since then. So so massive cheers to Jerry. And I'm, I'm stoked that we're having a conversation right now, Jay. Me too, man. And thanks to Jerry. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. If you're looking for anything to listen to, check out the Brutal Awakenings playlist. Jerry knows what's up, people. Uh, let's start with a very simple question of uh, how has 2023 been for you so far, Jay? Oh, so far it's been great. You know, we are preparing and we actually finished preparing the, the live set that nice. we're going to bring around during the year. And it's, I think it's going to be great. We have a few things coming up and I really can't wait to be... To make some music again, you know, it's been a while. We only did three shows last year. And yeah, this year I want to play a lot and I want to be huge. I want to have a lot of fun. Good. Well, you should be doing a lot of things because you did just drop a record and it's time to get out there to perform it. And what is uh, the big difference? You said that you guys are working and preparing a live set. How much work goes into that? How much different is that than being in the studio mindset? Oh, it's a completely different thing. It's a completely different thing. You have to. OK, so first of all, uh, me being the producer. So being in the studio with me, it's pretty 
chill, not because I am chill, because I'm actually a pretty bad guy in the studio. You know, I, <laughs> I, I want a lot from the guys, but, you know, you can take your time. You can chill a bit, you know, hey, I have to, you know, take a nap or I have to take a break. Let's, you know, do stuff maybe a little slower. When you have to prepare a live show, first of all, you have to think about anything that can go wrong, first of all. And this is something that we learn the hard way during the years, you know. The audio interface doesn't work for whatever reason. The lighting doesn't work. My mic not going to, you know, work. Oh my God, what happened? What's happening? My in-ear system is going to fail, you know. So this is the first thing that you have to figure out. If something goes wrong, what can we do in like five seconds to fix it? That'd be funny to have like a person that like you hire that comes into your band rehearsal and his job is to fuck shit up. Yeah, <laughs> just, just yeah, so like, can, hey, like... do whatever you want. Like, throw a bottle of water to me, like, hit me in the head, like, whatever, you know, so I'm ready for whatever. Right? Fuck this one happen. cable up, and then you got to figure exactly. it out in five seconds. <laughs> exactly. And then we, I mean, you have to, like, guess the right flow of the song, of the set list. And that's real difficult because you have to find the right compromise between what the band should do because you know if you put the songs in a in an order that is not going to be optimal for the band you're going to play bad you know because you're tired because all the fast songs are going to be the first so you're going to run out of stamina all this all this stuff but also you have to understand what's the right flow for the people listening to you because if you drop all the bombs right away then, you know, all the energy is gone after 15 minutes and we are going to play like one hour, more than one hour sometimes. So you have to be really careful about what you do. It's not that easy. It's not that easy. No, I know that all too well. And you got to be in. We're very lucky in Cryptopsy. It's Ollie, the bassist that irons out our set lists. He has a very keen um feel for for what's important to the crowd and then what gets super interesting and you will discover as you bring this set that you've just built um to the globe the sets change and need to change depending where you're playing absolutely uh, we can definitely get away with playing more melodic stuff when we play europe this is something that we actually actively discuss but if we're coming to the States, we'll need a more like meat and potatoes, uh, extreme set list. This is something that would like we, we used to play We Bleed as an example, and it would work. And then everyone that's listening right now is like in the States is like, we want you to play like, We Bleed too. But it's, it's anyways, but we've, we've done it and it didn't work. It, it, it was it was like a downer in the set and we had to pull it out. But in Europe, it popped every time. It's really interesting that how building a yeah. set. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. changes territory to territory. Yeah, also region from region, to be honest, because, for example, the set list that we are playing in Italy is going to be completely different from the set list we're going to play in Europe because our fan base resides here mostly and they're following us. They've been following us for like since the beginning. So we have to play old songs. Yeah, no, no, I no matter what, we have to play old songs. But if we go outside, you know, from Italy, we can get away with not playing old songs, thankfully, because to be honest, I'm, I'm a little tired, you know, playing old songs. So, yeah, we can play more new songs, you know, because we are actually going to play. I don't want to say one from front to back because we can't, because there are some songs that I, I have to admit we can't play live. Really? But, oh, yeah, I'm not ashamed of saying that, you know, there are some songs that are just studio songs interesting yeah studio magic studio yeah i mean we can play it in the studio but the thought of find a way of playing them live like with all the guitar layers all the programming all the stuff that's going on like you know what we might want to skip this one so yeah we are in the process of choosing the <laughs> singles and stuff for the new cryptopsy coming up and discussions such as that are like i they're like members of the band are like i don't want to fucking play that song all the time let's not make let's not make that one a single <laughs> yeah and also again it's different uh, from studio to a live show because some songs that are so good on on on, on a record you play them during rehearsal and you're like is that really the same song it's missing you know it's, <laughs> nah, it's not working you know let's just skip it 
it's too hard. It's too slow. It's, it doesn't feel the same. You know, yeah, you have to be careful. Interesting. I like it. I like, I like that we, 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 we put this much thought into it, people. I hope that you guys all appreciate the amounts of hours that we put into actually just thinking before we even step on stage. Vox yeah. and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. Uh, you do not have a craft beer, and that's okay. What do you have on your side today that we will be sharing virtually? What are you going to be drinking throughout this channel? Well, I have a hot tea, a hot mint tea Very nice. for my throat. You know, I am actually working a lot on my vocals since we're going to play a lot of shows. But yeah, I, I, as I said before, I'm not really a drinker. I don't really like alcohol. I like to drink a beer or two sometimes, but not not so much during the day, just by myself, no. No, no, it's not important. Very important message that Jay just said right there. It's, it's good to not drink by yourself. It's good to drink with other people, like I'm going to do right now with Jay. This is a, a classic beer from the province of Quebec, from Dieu de Ciel uh, Moralité. I think it's actually the first time I've ever had it on the podcast, which is crazy after over 400 episodes, uh, that uh -huh. I'm finally drinking a classic Quebec beer on the podcast. This is Moralité. It's a, an American IPA. It was actually um, one of the, it was a collab, the original, original back in the, I think it was early 2000s when it first came out, with The Alchemist, which is a killer brewery from Vermont. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, it sort of like paves the way for like a lot of breweries. Uh, they did like a rebrand two years ago that was very controversial, mm -hmm. but that's what happens in the world of beer. I'm going to crack this and I would love to hear about your very first beer. You mentioned that you're not into beer, but everyone has has that first beer story my first beer oh you know i don't really remember i think i was like probably like everyone like 15 or 16 something like that also you know here in uh, euro week with the drinking age is 18 okay so but yeah i think like during parties team parties 15 16 but you know i don't really i never really liked alcohol i'm not sure why probably because you know, I saw people acting strange while, we, while they were drinking. I'm like, nah, it's funnier watching them than being one of them, you know? <laughs> it's, it's better to be the fly on the wall than yeah. in the fly you know, trap. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, also, as I said before, I worked as a bartender. So I think that when you work as a bartender, you have like two ways of coming out of it. Like a heavy drinker or I am not going to touch that <laughs> because, you know, I saw so many stuff, man. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I like drinking a beer or two sometimes. And my favorite might be probably um, lagers and pills, beers. And lately I started to like Guinness, Ooh, which is a beer that a I never really... No, you know, that's the point. Actually, Guinness is one of the lightest beer you can find around because it's, it's, it's alcohol percentage is really low. But of course, it, being it a stout, it's really heavy on 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 your on your tongue, on your on your taste. But it's really really light. But yeah, you know, it's something that I'm trying sometimes. You know, new beers like yeah, let's try this one. I'm not. I, I totally. I'm not against it. Of course, I'm just. It's just that it's not really my thing. That's perfectly fine, and I respect that completely. And uh, thank you. It's interesting that you mentioned that there's two ways to come out of being a bartender because you're just around it all the time, and that. In that world, it's, it's like either you step out an alcoholic or you step out someone that has a very healthy relationship exactly. with alcohol. Yeah. That's, that's interesting yeah. that you put it that way. Uh, I'd love to hear about the soundtrack of your youth. When you're growing up in your parents' or guardian's house, what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? You know, actually, I come from, from hip-hop and rap music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I listen to a lot of rap music, Eminem being my favorite rap artist. Uh, but I listen to, you know, uh, Ice Cube, uh, Exhibit, all that kind of artists and rap music. And then, you know, I, I just fell in love with Linkin Park, New Metal, all that kind of stuff, because it had that kind of rap thing in it. And then in the end, I just, you know, grew up liking metalcore, deathcore, death metal, that kind of stuff. Actually, death metal is something that I started to like not so long ago because it was more like, like a scene kid, like, hey, deathcore, the breakdown, so, so cool. But yeah, lately I've been doing death metal a lot. Awesome. 
How about your parents? So when you were growing up, what music were your parents listening to? What 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 was your like exposure or your your guardians of, of who you lived with when you, when you were young? Uh, okay, so my dad, uh, I I I don't have, uh, I, I don't remember him listening to music at all. No, no. Even when he was driving the car, he was just listening to some radio station, but not to listen to the music, but to listen to, to the news and stuff like that. And my mom, on the other hand, she used to listen to a lot of, uh, actually, she still listens to Italian music, you know. Nothing really fancy, maybe some, you know, something like the Eurythmics, share uh, stuff like that, but mostly Italian music. Mm. So, so as you were getting more and more exposed into the world of deathcore and rap, rap deathcore, what, what what was their reaction to this newfound passion of yours? Since since they it was obviously not a passion for themselves, you know. Uh, they they were never really bothered about it. I mean, they were like the war in Paris. Oh my God, what are you listening to? Are you going to summon Satan or stuff like that? No, no, not at all. Even with rap music, maybe, you know, rap music is, they, they were a little worried because, I, you know, Italy is, is, is not really, you know, it, it, it's a strange country. Okay. So when rap music arrived here, it was like this big news and all the, the news channel were like, Rap music is coming and they're going to fuck up your child. It's still very conservative country, close close to religion, right? Because, you know, the Vatican's there, the Pope is there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But it's not really a religion thing. It's like that the media was like saying, hey, don't listen to that kind of music or your kids are going to become like addicts or criminals or stuff like that. And I have to say that maybe when I'm, I'm because, uh, let me think, uh, the Eminem show came out in 2004, I think. So I was like 14 and, you know, for a 14 year old, maybe listening to Eminem saying that it was like shooting people or stuff like that. I, I can't understand why a parent might be like, eh, are you sure you want to listen to this and not maybe something else? But the point <laughs> is that I never actually listen to music in a serious way in a sense that oh my god it's so cool what he's saying i'm going to do it too i i always realized that it was a show you know it was like not real for me i'm like yeah i like it but i'm not going to you know go out and start robbing shops or you know thinking about gangster life or stuff like that not at all and the same thing with that with deathcore i mean it's not going not going to like take a person and just slaughter it or stuff like that so yeah i mean i always had this kind of way of thinking that music is super cool but i'm not going to act like it's telling me to do that stuff not at all yeah you, you weren't gonna let it influence you in that aspects yeah no no you no, understood the, 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 the third degree of it stepping yeah. away and seeing it as an art form absolutely like a tv show or a movie yeah. Interesting. Uh, how about your first show? Do you remember the first show that you went to go see? To go see? Yeah, I remember. It was 2009. I'm a late bloomer. I was 19. And it was the Impericon um, tour. And it was um, one of the final shows of... Um, oh my God, how's it called? Sorry, uh, The Spice Daikon. It was like a farewell tour for the Spice Daikon. And it has it had a stacked, stacked lineup. It was The Ghost Inside. And it played like three songs because at the time no one cared for them. Then there was I Wrestled a Bear Once with the old singer. Not mm -hmm. with... Um, not with Courtney. Okay? Yeah. Not with Courtney. Then there was Architects playing Hollow Crown, which is my favorite record from them. And then as Blood Runs Black, yeah, and it was I think the first tour with uh, with Nita. And then uh, I'm 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 forgetting someone, but uh, the Spice Icon were the the last uh, band, and I think this is when I started really f to fall in love with blast beats and stuff like that with as Blood Runs Black and uh, and the Spice Icon. Oh yes, five one four, come on, the my I boys. Mean, Montreal, yeah. Montreal, Montreal friends right there. 514, Despised Icon. I saw, I saw them last year with Decapitated and Oceano, and they still know what they're doing, definitely. Oh, yeah. they, I mean, they're not aging at all. 
No, Alex Rind is killing it, killing it. I love Super it. Super cool band, yeah. Gonna hang out with them next weekend, which is dating nice. when I'm recording this episode. If people can figure it out, they'll figure it out because they're headlining uh, Brutal Winnipeg, Vox and Hops' festival in Winnipeg. So I will be nice. with them next Saturday. I'm looking forward to that. How about your first time on stage? Do you remember your first show? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I uh, as a vocalist or as a guitar player, because actually I'm a guitar player, you know, that unfortunately <laughs> is stuck on, on the mic. But so uh, as a as a vocalist, I think it was... Oh, shit, I think it was 2007, 8, 2008, probably. And it was, it was in this little club. It wasn't even a club. It was like a bar. And we were playing <laughs> right next to a room where there, was, there were people gambling. <laughs> don't, don't ask me. I, I don't know. So I was like screaming and we were playing. And, and sometimes I'm, hey. Hey, shut up! We're playing poker. Hey, uh, sorry, uh, I, we started the game song, playing. This next like, song is. Uh... Yeah, this next song is about. Sh- sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty great to think about all the shows that we did back in the day in these places. That was, I, I think, I, it, that place still exists. You know, sometimes wow, okay. I, yeah, that place still exists, and sometimes i'm going to you know stop there and just i just want to see if there's still the the, the gambling room to be honest <laughs> you can't make that stuff up i love that i love that very much i once played a show at a hard rock cafe before i was in cryptopsy mm-hmm. and people were eating dinner <laughs> yeah <laughs> like i mean that happened eating, a lot eating yeah while we're playing metal core. yeah pretty funny that <laughs> happened yeah yeah like this super metal now yeah come let's play yeah we were like playing and screaming in front of people eating pasta or stuff like that. Like, sorry, this next song is called, I hope you're enjoying your carbonara, but this next song is called... Amazing. (laughs) Yeah. How about your voice? Um, You mentioned that originally a guitarist found yourself being stuck on the mic, as you put it. Um, Was it out of necessity? I've spoken to a lot of artists, a lot of vocalists, and that tends to be one of the main reasons, especially if you started with guitar, bass beforehand, or drums, let's say. Uh, You end up forming a band, and then it comes times to, you know, have a vocalist and either you have a vocalist, they leave, you have a show and you have to step up or you like look around the room and you're like, who can do it best? And it's, Oh, okay. It's you. Okay. You're, you're, you're stuck. Yeah. No, we, it was necessity because at the time in my town, there was like, there were like probably two vocalists and they already had like 55 bands each. Interesting. So it was the opposite of, of drummers. Which it's a typical, yeah, typically at that it's time, the actually, yeah, at that time, because that kind of music here was like news, you know, it was, it was completely new. Like, oh my God, I want to do it. But you could find like a hundred different uh, guitar players, bass players, uh, even drummer, you know, because at the time when I started Despite Exile, it wasn't even the, the name of the band at the time. We were called Farseer Scream. Which which we don't want to do. Don't force your scream, people. No, I, uh, no, please, because there's still some video out there. Please don't do it. Um, <laughs> so we were like uh, playing kind of slower stuff, like something like Parkway Drive kind of stuff, metal, more medical, Kill with Engage. You know, that kind of feel. So finding drummer to play that stuff was easier because in in this particular town, actually, uh, there was there were a lot of music players. I don't know why, but at the time you could find, you know, music players everywhere. Whatever you needed, you could find it. Now it's not like that, like this anymore. But at the time, the only thing that we couldn't find was a vocalist. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'll just give it a try. And uh, to be honest, you know, listen, uh, I found our old demos in my computer like two weeks ago. It was very embarrassing. But at the same time, I thought, so why did we decide to keep me as a vocalist if I sucked so much? (laughs) You know, because I I was like this kind of dying cat screaming into the mic but yeah in the end i like got stuck there and i improved but yeah initially i should have been the guitar player and also i still write a lot of i still write a lot of music for the spadic style Hmm. i don't even write the lyrics interesting 
No, I don't. It's the best. The bass player is the lyricist. Interesting. So that's cool then. Well, you do do a lot of other things though. So oh, it's, yeah. it's good for bands to, to share the weight of, of responsibilities because uh, you do do all the production as well. So yeah. I, we, we've yeah. stepped in. Before we go there, there, I would like to go back mm-hmm. to the voice. And that's what steps did you take to make yourself a more proficient vocalist? Let's see. First of all, I did a lot of mistakes. I tried to figure out how to do it by myself, completely by myself, because as I said at the time, you know, there wasn't many people at, where you, to which you could ask, hey, how, how do you do it? Because mm-hmm. first of all, the answer is just scream like that, <laughs> which is the worst <laughs> advice that you can give to anyone. And also at the time, you know, I was young and I didn't have like the, the, the balls like to write to my, to, to my favorite vocalist, say, Hey, can you please teach me or stuff like that? Which I'm doing now. I'm doing it now because I'm still taking lessons. I'm still learning anyway. Amazing. Even after 10 years of doing it, I'm still studying a lot and, and I'm still learning. But at this time I was like, okay, I have to figure it out myself. And I learned everything by making a lot of mistakes, you know? Almost passing out during shows, like, oh my God, I, I scratch too much, like stuff like I have to breathe, I have to do that to not feel like that. And then the, the hardest thing is, was actually to understand how to manage my vocals. Because, you know, if you have to play one show, I don't want to say that it's easy, but you can get away with it. You can sacrifice problem, a lot more, is, is what, exactly. is what you the can. Exactly. The point is... Yeah, when you have four shows, five shows, seven, ten, fifteen, you're like, oh shit! Wait a second, my my vocal cords are not like guitar strings that I can just oh shit they're gone. Okay, I can just change them. Exactly. I'm like, what what do I do now? And I learned it the hard way, you know. Stay chill, don't over exaggerate, and learn how to breathe properly, and just stay relaxed, you know. And but this this is stuff that I learned during 10 years of doing it, you know? And this is why sometimes I also teach vocals. And sometimes the thing that I have really a hard time to make my my students understand is if you think you're going to learn this thing in like a month, no, man. No, I mean, if you want to do TikTok covers, you can do it in one month, you know, just go on the mic like this and you're good to go. But if you want to do it, to be on stage and play is going to take, I mean, I'm still learning after 10 years. First of all, because I want to learn, but you keep learning, you know, you keep learning every night, every show, every time you, okay, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, you never really stop learning. I think it's, and the voice is such a intriguing instrument because you can't see what's going on. It's not like, Oh, if I hold my pick like this, I can palm mute faster. If I place my hand, like it's, it's really a lot of visualization. It's my, it's the mind, man. To me, it's 90%. I mean, now that I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. 90% of the hard work is my mind. Because if I go on stage, like, eh, it's not going to, it's not going to work. I have to go on stage and like, I'm going to eat those, these, these, these people face, you know, like, mm. <laughs> If I go like, oh, fuck yeah. I, I might be tired, of course, but I, you must have that killer instinct. And this is why it's very difficult to be a vocalist and a frontman, you know, because you're there. And all, I don't want to say that all the pressure is on you because it'd be like a little bit, you know, too much. But it kind of is, you know, because if you're the vocalist and you fuck up, uh, it's not really that good. You know, because you're there. very noticeable. And and if you're phoning it in, like if you're tired, people can tell too. So, so you're, you're setting like the, as the front person of a band, uh, you sort of set the tone of what the, the relationship for that night is going to be between the band and the audience. So if you're phoning it in, they can tell. So don't phone it in people always bring 120%. And, uh, if, if it's cause you drank too much the night before, then don't drink and do things properly. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah also yeah this is actually interesting because i noticed that there are things that i shouldn't do before a show even the day after the day before you know i shouldn't do some kind some kind of stuff first of all eating i i can't eat before going but even if it's two hours prior i cannot eat i have to go 
on stage with an empty stomach. Absolutely. And there's people on the other hand that have to eat. Absolutely. And this is actually another very interesting thing about vocals that it's completely different from a person to another. The reason like, I mean, with guitars, drums, bass, there are techniques that you can teach and are like the basis stuff like that, you know, that give it or take works for everyone. Man with vocals is not. It's interesting. It's really T is a good one. T T basically works for everyone. <laughs> yeah, don't put too much sugar in it because no, it's bad no. for your vocal no, no cords. Sugar, but no. yeah, no, no. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you wish that you had the courage or the confidence to contact your idols, and now you have. So, so who are you working with? Give them a shout out. Uh, who is your vocal coach? And is it the same person that you would have wanted to write ten years ago? Not really, but my. Uh, vocal coach for the past year. I mean, I haven't been taking many vocal lessons right now because I'm very busy, but I mean that the dude that really changed my way of screaming and doing vocals anyway is the frontman of um, Nero di Marte, which is a, an Italian band. Uh, I don't even know how to classify them. They're like super cool. They're super cool. And he is an amazing vocalist. So when I watched them live, I think it was like two or three years ago. I think it was before the pandemic, I think. I went to, his name is Sean. He's Italian, but he's, I think he's half English or half American. I don't remember. His, his name is Sean. I was like, hey, Sean, um, can I? And he, the thing that blew my mind was like, hey, you're Jay from the Spatic Sound. I'm like, what? Because, you know, I mean, they're not like, that big of a band, but I am a fan. So for me, they are like super cool. Ah, yeah, Jay, I know you. I'm like, what? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you if maybe I was like, 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 you know, little girls. Yeah. Can, can you, can you please teach me some stuff? And he's like, yeah, of course. And man, he completely changed my way of screaming. Also because during the pandemic, I wanted to learn how to do vocals along the lines of Gojira and stuff like that. And he is great at that. And he completely changed my way of screaming. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, it's interesting to, to always want to improve yourself. And it's, it's good to have that mindset of never being satisfied, uh, constantly striving to be better, uh, because uh, it's important, uh, especially when you drop a new album such as Wound. And I think it, if any style has it the worst, it's uh, Deathcore with just the expectations which have been set vocalists in deathcore are so freaking good right now and the standards are so ridiculously high a lot of pressure goes on in that why is it why is it like death metal it's there a little bit but deathcore is like way more and obviously we're there's one person that comes to mind probably the most popular deathcore vocalist right now will from lorna shore you know was that ever something that, as you were mentioning, like you wanted to get those Gojira vocals throughout the pandemic? Was was this like a reasoning behind all that, that you know that Deathcore fans expect more from vocalists? Is that a part of the reason that you wanted to get better? Uh, no, I want to get better because I like getting better. But for myself, you know, I don't I don't really think about I have to be better than Will, for example, because as I said before, vocals are something that are so personal and, and so dependent of the person's body and mind also that it would be it would be stupid to be like I want to be better and also I want to be like him. This is another thing. Every time a student asks me, I want to be like him, I'm like, no, you won't be. You can get close, you can get better, you can get worse, but you can't be exactly like him. No, you can be the best you. <laughs> exactly. And this is what I want to do. I want to improve my vocals for myself. Also, because actually, if I have to be completely honest, I'm a little tired of just screaming. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't want to say that I lost that kind of drive. But, you know, when I was younger, I needed to scream like all the time. Now I want to do something different, a little bit different, you know, um, like communicate with, with the fans and the people that are listening to us in a different way. So not just by screaming, but also by kind of singing, you know. So Gojira to me is like one of my favorite bands. And the voice of that guy, of Joe, is 
it just tears my my heart right out of my chest. It's like so powerful and it gives so much energy. And I mean, he's still screaming, of course, but it's melodic. It's it's angry, but at the same time, it's calm sometimes. I mean, he's great. And I'm seeing that actually a lot of people are, you know, taking that kind of road. Even another great vocalist in Deathcore is Ben Dewar from, yeah. you know, Shed, yeah. Shadow of Intent. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. During, I mean, in the last two albums, he put in a lot of those like screamed um, vocal lines, scream, sang, sang, scream vocal lines. And also Alex Terrible, he started to do it. So I started to do it. So I don't want to say that I followed them, but I am really happy to see that other people are doing it. You know, it's super interesting. And uh, Fit for an Autopsy is another one, Joe, doing exactly that. Gojira-esque um, tonal screaming, basically, let's call it. You know, Joe, for example, is one of, I, I think in, in a way, is one of the most underrated vocalists because hold my beer, <laughs> even if it's just tea, but he doesn't do anything really that stands out. You know, it's not like Will that make you know, this northern thing, you know, the super high highs, you know, the super low lows. Joe is the perfect example of how a vocalist has found a way to fit his vocal range in that, in his music. And the fact that he doesn't do like all this crazy stuff, I think it's, this is why he's a little bit underrated, but I saw him live. I talked with him. First of all, he's one of the nicest guy I ever met. First of all, but live, his delivery, you can feel it and not hear it. I mean, feel it. You know, when you go see a, a band and during a live show, you can feel what they're playing. That's what a band should aim for. You know, not just making like a big, yeah, it was loud. It was great. It was cool. It was sweet. But when you can actually feel the music and, and the vocals, that's when a band is just just clicks for me. I love it. And um, I do agree that he's, he's underrated, but he's he's popping up on a few more radars now since I think he filled, oh, yeah. he filled in for Randy. I think that was yeah. a big thing for him. And Absolutely. as a part of the, whatever the big six vocalist thing is going to be, I, I'm following oh, yeah. it, but it's confusing because people keep leaving and joining. I don't understand. But that's no, okay. I, I don't want to get it. Oh, he left too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left. <laughs> Never mind. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Production. Uh, Is that sort of the same vein as becoming a vocalist? Do you... Because Donaldson, Chris Donaldson's... Uh, produces all of Cryptopsy, produces Shadow of Intent. You just mentioned uh, he started doing production because he wanted demos for his band and there was no one else. So he just started mm-hmm. doing and then people started to come to him because he was that guy. Mm-hmm. Sort of like how you fell into becoming a vocalist. Is, is that sort of the same story for you? Yes, kind of. I mean, I started uh, getting interested in, you know, recording and producing just to, you know, make some covers in my bedroom, like, you know, guitar covers, vocal covers. But then one thing happened. We are, we are idiots. You, you have to keep this in mind. We are, we are idiots. So we had our uh, previous album, Relics. It was done. Okay. We did all the pre-productions. I handled all the recordings. 
And we wanted to change the guy that mixed our music because the first two albums were, you know, mixed by um, an Italian guy named Simone Mularoni, which is an amazing mixing engineer, mastering engineer, producer, name it. He's a great guitar player too. Shout out to Simone because I learned a lot from him. Um, so we were like, okay, we want something a little more, you know, American, more USA, more vibey. Let's hit up this guy because we were like listening to a lot of stuff. Yeah, we like this guy. So don't ask me why. Probably for the same reason that I thought today that 1 p.m. was 5 p.m. <laughs> uh, instead of sending out just one song, we sent out the whole album to get mixed. Like, hey, mix it. Okay, what came back? I don't want to say that it sounded bad because it actually it sounded very good because this dude right now also is a great mixing engineer and producer. But at that time, it absolutely did not fit our music. Okay, so you have to understand that a great mix can be completely wrong for some kind of music. You know, something can sound good, but it doesn't fit the style of the music. Okay. So we were like, okay, what do we do now? We wasted a lot and, of money. That's what we did. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yes. We, we wasted, first of all, we wasted a lot of money. But we were like, okay, so what, what really, what are we going to do now? Like, you know, in the shadow, I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me try something. And I tried to mix the record. Right now, I can tell you it sounds bad. But at the time, it was pretty good, you know? Because Producers are like that, don't Chris is the same. Anything that's not the brand new mix is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, the, you guys can't, you can't get no. away from it. It says you, you bought no. one new piece of, of gear and everything else before that piece of gear, garbage. Yeah. It's, you, it's, Absolutely. I understand, though. Yeah, keep going. Uh, it's, it's our mind. It just works like that, you know? Um, so I, I, in the end, we used my mix, but it wasn't, it wasn't really intentional. It was like, on my end, it was like, I think it should sound like this, you know? So I wanted to... This is to, what we were hoping you would make it sound yeah, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the album should sound like this. Mm. So maybe we can find someone that makes it oh, this way. And in the end, we were like, yeah, we just wasted basically all the money we have. So you know what? <laughs> maybe we can keep this because, it, I mean, it's not, it's not bad for real. It's not that bad. But now I think it's... Yeah, I, I, I could I could do some much better now, but yeah, it's it's an old album. It's I think six years old this year, so we kept it. And yeah, it was like my my starting point as as, as a producer, mixing engineer, whatever. Once once again, when there's like a failure moment, I just interview I just interviewed this guy Andrew that wrote a book called Failure Rules. And sometimes when we're faced with failure, is when the best ideas and the best situations come out of it. Dude, I think, I think failure is the best thing that can happen in life <laughs> because I mean, I, I am, I am, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit strange, but I think that if everything goes right mm -hmm. or the way you predicted, you never get better. That's true. You know? So I don't want to say that I look for failure because it would be a little bit too much, <laughs> but if something happens, I'm like, Okay, how can I fix this? How can mm -hmm. I get better at this? So that's what I did. I, I tried to fix something and it led to something even better. I think it's really cool. And it's like almost like a whole career because I'm sure because you did that album, other bands, mm -hmm. you were on their radar now as someone that can produce an album. Yes. Good for you. Good for you. I like that very much. Uh, I know that for Chris, I like talking to producers and I tend to bring up Chris a lot. I know that for Chris, working with Cryptopsy is hard. It's it's difficult because you're very close to the project. Uh, how more difficult is it for you working on Despite Exile music versus another band? It's it's very difficult with Despite Exile. I have to admit it. Uh, it's very difficult because, as you said, if you are too close to the project, if uh, also if you are in the band, it's even worse. Because you, first of all, you tend to I at least I tend to overthink everything. I tend to, oh my God, everyone will hear this little piece of thing that is like probably one millisecond long. Oh my God, everyone <laughs> will hear it. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. And also, 
the fact that you know the song, the songs for so long, because I, st- I mean, I know, I knew these songs since not even the pre-production, since the first riffs, because I, I wrote them, you know? So you come to a point when, first of all, you are tired of them. You're really tired of hearing the same riffs all over again. You lose sight of the biggest, of the bigger picture because you tend as again to overthink and focus on little details that are not worth your time. And also working with the guys in your band is difficult because I think it's something that they don't really think about, but knowing that you are their bandmate, they, they can I don't want to say that they, we take advantage There's, of you guys. This is what yeah, we do. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't really want to, to say that, but, but that's yeah, what you know, we do. Hey, maybe, it's horrible. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can try this. Maybe we can rewrite that. Hey, can you, you know, let's change it all. Drummers, yeah. drummers, <laughs> drummers are the worst. <laughs> hey, yeah, good. Yeah, you sent the final mix. Can you please change the the you know the, the snare sample just for trying? I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. I'm going to come to your house and no, what? You had like 65 different versions and now you telling me you want a different sound? No, it's not going to happen. But this time, I, again, I learned from my mistakes and I was pretty adamant about some stuff. Like, I'm going to treat you as a band. Mm-hmm. You're going to treat me as your producer. Good for you. We have to argue. Let's argue. I have the final words on, on the production. You have two on votes. On the mix. You I, have two yeah, votes. I, <laughs> dude, I have to... You, you, you really have to understand that work... And, and friendship in some cases must be two completely separate things. And in this case, band and work are two different things. Okay. So right now I am the producer of the band. You have to listen to me. I have to listen to you, but you have to trust me because I, I see this music in a way that I don't want to say you can't, but I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm thinking in my mind because I did some stuff, you know? So please trust me. And I'm really happy about how Wound turned out because I have to say that the guys really trusted me. So I'm really happy. Yeah. And the snare sample stayed the same in the end. Good for you. I was going to say that there's the classic producer trick where you send them option A and then they want to switch something. So you send them option B and then they're not happy. So you say, okay, and they want to change it again. So you send them option A again, but you say that it's option C and then they like it. Dude, I can't, I can even think about how many times I send out the same versions and like, yeah, this is what we want. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. No. Okay. Good for me. But you know, sometimes, yeah, I, I absolutely do. I admit it. I do it. I love can it. you please turn down? Yeah, sure. Change name. Same the same file. Yes. This is perfect. Fuck yeah. I'm the best. Something that's really important for me is talking about mental health. Um, changing the subject uh, what what do you do when uh, you're not feeling well or a member of your band or one of your friends or someone that's in the, the studio with you is going through some rough times what are your tactics to to conquer mental health issues uh well it depends first of all i i, I had to, to to take care of myself during the last years but we're going to talk about it later uh, in the studio you know being a producer that means you are working with people. You're not just receiving files and mix them and send them out. Working with people also means that you have to understand what works with them, you know, because you can't have just like one way of working with that will fit everyone. It's impossible, especially with vocalists. So, you know, you just have to understand if they are the kind of people that need a hug, like a hug. Hey, come here, little bear. It's going to be good. Don't worry. Just scream in this mic, please. It's going to be well. <laughs> or if they are the kind of guy that you have just to, you know, stand up, watch them and like, really, this sucks. <laughs> come on, man. You can do better. Don't, than waste, that. don't waste my time. Come on, let's go. And also there are in-betweens, mm-hmm. but you know, the two, the two things that you have to understand is, is where you have to aim between these two way of, of, of working. And also, yeah, it happens sometimes that I have, that I had people started to cry in the studio, you know, because they couldn't nail a, a part yeah. or, oh my God, I don't remember. Oh my God. You know, you just have, I should take a degree in psychology sometimes I should I really should it would really help trust me because you you really have to 
learn to read people. And I think actually that being a bartender really helped me. I, 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 yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I also think that everyone in this world should work as a bartender for at least, you know, three months because they would understand what it means to have to do with dickheads and stuff like that. But anyway, this is another thing. Much more empathy. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you, you know, mental health is something that really, it's really important to me. So the first thing that I want when I work with, with a band is trying to understand them, get in touch with them. I don't want to say become their friend, because as I said before, you need to keep this little bit of, you know, distance anyway. But yeah, I really want to connect with them. You know, also because it really helps to understand what they want to do with their music. You know, if, if I see that maybe these, these people are, you know, maybe a little more on the aggressive side, I already know what I can aim for during the mixing stage or during even the producing stage, the production stage. If they're a little more, you know, happy or stuff like that, maybe I can do something different. Yeah, it, it's really about reading people, for real. Interesting. And for yourself, how do you tackle when you're going through a dark period? Uh, actually, I started to learn to just accept it. You know, because one of the things that really, um, really struck me down is that I kept having this, this view of perfection that I had to be perfect. I could not have like dark moments. I could not be sad. I could not be angry. And fighting those things made it worse. And during the pandemic, I had a complete meltdown. And I've been into therapy for a year and a half and I should still be, to be honest, but I don't have time. <laughs> I need five more hours per day to do whatever I have to do. Yeah. Take care but of anyway, yourself. Jay. Yeah. Take care of yourself. I, I, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I mean, I came to the point where I had like so many panic attacks, stuff like that. I couldn't even go out of the house to do, to take groceries and stuff like that. Social anxiety was through the roof. I, I, I don't know. I felt completely lost and I, I can't really tell you why, but I think that, you know, I've always liked to be, to being busy, you know, and during the pandemic, everything was stripped from me, work, uh, music, friends, uh, my girlfriend, because at the time she lived far away. So I couldn't go. Italy, Italy was completely locked down for a long time. Yeah. Bro, it was fucking terrible. And so she is my, she's my pillar. You know, she, she means so much. I can even start to tell you how much she's important to me. And the fact that even she wasn't there, not, not for a choice, but because we physically couldn't meet because I, I, I could get, we could got arrested for it, you know, it's fucking thing romantic but not not the best outcome yeah you know yeah it's, it's not a life is not a movie so it's not, you, know, you have to be careful a little bit more um but yeah i was i was alone and when you are alone you start to think and when you start to think you start to realize stuff and what i was realizing it was oh shit no i'm fucked up i'm completely fucked up because you know a lot of stuff happened during the years for me you know my dad died uh, I lost a lot of friends for car, car accidents and suicides, stuff like that. And I, I realized that I didn't have the time to think about it. And this is why I, I was good. Yeah, exactly. Then my brain one day started to knock like, Hey, Jay, remember? And I'm like, fuck. So yeah, I was completely, you know, completely gone for, for some time. Then I started to, okay, what can I do? I started to take care of myself. And I think that right now I'm probably the best, the best version of me. I can get better. I definitely can get better, but yeah, I, I struggled a lot. I, I struggled a lot for real. And also funny story during the first concert, uh, the first show, uh, it was, uh, June of 2022. I had a great panic attack before going on stage because really? I was like, oh my God, I, I don't remember how to do this. Oh yeah. What am I going to do now? Yeah. So I throw up 
twice before going on stage. And then I have to say that when I, when I went on stage, everything, you know, just, just went so good. But yeah, I, this is something that I'm still working on. I still have a little bit of social anxiety, you know, I can't really eat outside, you know, in a restaurant or stuff like that, but I'm working on it. I'll get better. My target, my target for 2023 is getting better and starting to eat in restaurants again good for you jay and, and it's 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 the thank you for being so open about everything i think it's important for people to hear that it's okay to not be okay <laughs> i still don't know why in 2023 everyone is so open about anything you know you can talk about anything but when it's when it comes to, to mental health like eh, what you know just you know go out you know the sun the birds are chirping so just go outside take some air it's going no, to be it's, better it's more if complicated not, than that yeah you know i don't really understand why it's so difficult to understand i sort of see it as a it's good that it happened now versus it later which is a, it's a shitty thing to say but it's 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 i i see it as like a silver lining to the pandemic for you that the pandemic brought this out now you being still young because the more that you would have bottled it up it might have really crippled you oh yeah horribly if it ha came out later when there was all you know when you didn't have the time to conquer it type of you know what i mean type thing like say you were just yeah. busy 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 exactly and then you would have cracked absolutely what happened so good for you for for conquering it and and still fighting it and still accomplishing a bunch of stuff because you know we're, we can be works in progress and that's that's completely okay that's completely, baby steps baby, baby steps. steps i love that i say that all yeah. the time uh i am doing a new thing and you sort of just hit it there but there may i don't know if you have something else going to eating a restaurant could be the way that you're fighting the hops it's a new segment i'm doing where i ask my guests uh a very small goal that they're hoping to accomplish within the next year within the next few months it could be with your career it could be with the band it could be just with yourself uh what are you doing right now to fight the hops there's obviously the social anxiety that you're fighting but what else could be another small goal that you're working on well i with the spanish style i absolutely want to tour europe because believe it or not we never toured europe still <laughs> we went to japan but not europe uh and uh yeah play wound everywhere in europe because i think that we are a live show band type of band. We deliver so much better live than, than on records, I think. Not that the record is bad, but I think we <laughs> can communicate better playing our music, you know? If I could piggyback off that, um, if you could build a perfect tour, that European tour, what bands would be on the bill so that when the fans leave that night, they're brand new fans of Despite Exile. Okay, so can I aim as, as oh, yeah. high as I want? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. I have your answer. So, I want Gojira headlining. Oh, yeah. Then, I want Bring Me the Horizon. Yes. Okay, then I want Fit for an Autopsy and Die Are This Murder. And then at that point, I think I can, we can even not play and just wipe the floor after but we can open for them if they want us we can we can open from them for them but yeah those four bands in a bill would be incredible i would like to see that tour and i would like to see it happen so so if anyone has the power to do that make jay's dreams come a reality people come on it'd be a good tour everyone make lots of money and uh, there'll be despite exile fans all over europe then come on yeah absolutely but if, if i can dream a little maybe you know aim a little lower if we can just tour with Fit for an Autopsy, it would be great. Fit for an Autopsy and Bleed from Within. Dream Bill, dream reality Bill. <laughs> you never know, Jay. You never know. You, you put it into the universe, things happen sometimes. Absolutely. I love making collabs. I've made, you know, 60 to 80 of them over the past four years with the podcast. I've made a bunch of beer collabs. I've made some tea collabs. I've made a coffee for Cryptopsy. Um, if you could make your own collab, it can be anything in the world. What is the perfect collab for you? Hmm, a collab about anything, like whatever. Like I'm really into beer, so it makes sense for me to make a beer collab. Huh. What would be something that would make sense to have a Despite Exile logo on it? Oh, this is a good question. I, I really, this is a great question. I never heard it. Uh, you know what? A graphic novel. Oh, very cool. Yes. Yeah. I'm into graphic novels. So yeah, maybe a graphic novel about our disadventures 
would be pretty cool. Like, you know, a series of unfortunate events, <laughs> stuff like that would be really cool. Yeah. Of all the bad things that have happened to you, all the failures that led to good, good oh, things. Oh, yeah. I'll, I think like for like a <laughs> hundred volumes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, it probably doesn't happen to you very often because you're not really into alcohol but you know every once in a while it happens to everyone this is my final question the classic vox and hops wrap-up question um what is your hangover cure uh i have to guess because i never really being hangover but i i don't know probably i i don't know uh let me think let me think maybe blast some music not really loud because my head probably is going to <laughs> ache but drink a lot of water Go outside and go to the gym because I, I go to the gym a lot. So, yeah, go to the gym, listen to music and drink a lot of water or tea. Amazing. Jay, thank you so, so much for talking to me about your life, about music, a little bit about beer. Uh, I had a great time. I hope you did, too. Massive cheers to Jerry Monk once again. Uh, this is great. Uh, everyone go check out Wound if you haven't. Despite exile, you will not regret it. Massive cheers to you, Jay. Cheers with my tea. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this is an awesome conversation. I'm so stoked that Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect, introduced me to Jay, uh, put Despite Exile on my radar. An amazing band. I cannot wait to see the future that is in store for them. I hope that they start touring more. I hope that they get out and tour across all of Europe. I hope that they come over here and tour North America because Despite Exile are a killer band. Massive cheers to you, Jay. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with me. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I drop. You'll get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public, such as Pit Culture, my massive global beer collab, and Haze Wars, which is coming up this weekend actually at Kanawaki Brewing. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew reviewed recently, and you'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of things going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hospital podcast is brought to you by Sound, Telemedia, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer weekend. I will be back next week with, yet again, two episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops hit. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.